Hey guys, welcome back to Art of the Float. Just wanted to let you know that this is a bit of a time capsule episode. We recorded this with Graham and Ashcon back in April, so it's been quite a while. I'm sure there's been a lot of changes with the float conference. At the same time, I was listening back to this episode, and there's just a lot of really good information in there that Graham and Ashcon share, and of course, a lot of good laughs as well, which you can't really have an episode with Graham and Ashcon without some good belly laughs. So it, I still feel like it's a really good listen, and I highly recommend that you still give this a listen, especially if you're curious about what's going on with the float conference, even if it is a few months old. And now we will still bring either them back on or other representatives from the float conference on pretty soon here, just so we can get a more up-to-date reading on what's going on. But I think this lays out some really great groundwork for what's going on and, and even how you, uh, a float center owner, can get involved in the float conference if you so choose. There are also a few things to update you on, just so that you're aware. There are more speakers announced since this was recorded. Flowconference.com forward slash speakers is where you want to go to. Um, and they've also figured out a lot more information on how board elections are working for the Float Conference. So you can actually look up their bylaws and operating procedures at flowconference.com forward slash about. All the details are out there. I've taken a peek at it, and it's uh, very clear, um, very uh, transparent. So that's quite appreciated, and it looks great. Uh, go there to learn more. And they're actually looking for board members now. So if you are interested in being a board member or know somebody who should be on the board, the deadline is August 14th, and you can go to floatconference.com forward slash board dash application, and that's going to take you to a place where you can apply or send your friend to apply to be on the board. So uh, important stuff. Also, just another tiny little thing. Early bird tickets are on sale for just a couple more weeks. I think it's until August 23rd uh, if you do want to get Flow Conference tickets at the early bird pricing. So all that stuff's really good. And then when Graham and Ashcon come on, on on this episode, there's more great information about the Flow Conference. So really good stuff. Uh, one final thing is the um, Float Tank Solutions does a free uh, survey, an industry report, and there's great information that comes from that, and they want to get everybody in the industry filling that out every single year, and uh, they, I mean, really, like 100% saturation would be ideal. I know that's probably not going to happen, but floatanksolutions.com forward slash survey is where you want to go. It's free, and uh, the survey is put out to the public for free. It's a really cool uh, bit of information about the float industry. So please, 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 if you haven't filled that out, do take the time. Uh, go ahead and pull over to the side of the road and fill out that survey. Or if you're at home, pause this episode, fill out that survey, floatanksolutions.com forward slash survey. Really makes a difference. It takes about five minutes to complete, probably less. <laughs> Before we even play the intro music, I do want to give a shout out to the same guys who we're going to have on the show here creating this awesome product we call Float Helm. It is absolutely phenomenal. The Float Shop uses it. I, I try to bounce around each episode and talking about what it actually does because it does so much. Uh, one of my favorites is tracking the metrics of the float tanks themselves. So your hydrogen peroxide, water levels, all of that. It's easy for people to miss tasks and with Helm, you have check marks, so you can, um, these recurring tasks that come up, people need to click that they've accomplished something, and they actually track the metrics in Helm. So not only are they following instructions and guidelines within Helm, but they actually are 
um, tracking it in there as well. So you always know what's going on. I can check from home if I'm not at the shop. I'm not at the float shop a lot these days. So I'm actually able to jump in and see uh, what the float tanks are looking like. And I <laughs> occasionally go, oh, you know, somebody missed this, this and make sure that somebody else takes care of it. So it's really phenomenal in that respect. And again, I'll, I'll talk more about different awesome things about Float Helm in the future. But uh, the real simple thing is going to floathelm.com and scheduling a live tour. They jump onto Skype with you and walk you through everything to make sure that it's a really good fit for you. And my guess is, is that it's going to. Helm has grown up quite a bit since its inception, and it's an amazing product for float centers and float centers with additional modalities. So go to floathelm.com and check it out. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I'm Dylan, owner of the float shop in Portland, Oregon. This is Gloria, owner of Float 60 in Chicago and Indiana. And this is Drew, owner of New Hampshire Float in New Hampshire. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Thanks for joining us. We've got an awesome episode. We're going to be talking to Graham and Ashcon about the float conference. They have some really cool behind the scenes information on the float conference. Gloria is also working on the new float conference and has some great info to share as well. So we'll, we'll uh, tap them for all the information that they have. It should be really good stuff. I'm excited about that. Before we do that, I do want to talk a little bit about social media and some stuff that I've been working on for the float shop social media. Uh, I, I think on the whole, uh, marketing float centers is, is an issue that I think a lot of float centers have. Um, we, a lot of us went in with the, you, you build it, they will come mentality. I hear that quite a bit. Uh, and then, as it turns out, that's not 100% true. It does take work to, to bring people in. Word of mouth is great, don't get me wrong but it does take more than that. And one thing that I personally, uh, particularly if you ever did listen to the previous version of the show, you know that I am terrible or have been terrible at Instagram. Uh, I got on the Facebook um, train somewhat unwillingly and pretty much just stayed there and, and didn't grow to, to Instagram. Uh, I find that when we do post on Instagram, it gets a lot of reactions, maybe even more than our Facebook page, even if it doesn't have as wide of a reach. And I find that really interesting because they have much smaller uh, user numbers than, than Facebook does. But you got to go where people are interacting, where they're finding value in, in uh, your media posts. So um, I started really focusing on my social media for Instagram. Fortunately, that also boosts my Facebook as well, and I'll talk a little bit about more more about that in just a second here. But um, are you guys using Buffer or Hootsuite? I use something called Iconosquare, but I've also used Hootsuite in the past. I've, I've used a myriad of different tools, but Iconosquare is the current flavor. Can I just ask the um, Icono flair? Is that similar to how do you say it, Gloria? Sorry. Icona Square. Okay, Icona Square. Uh, yeah, Icona Square. So, uh, is that similar to Hootsuite that you schedule um, posts and then it automatically posts to multiple platforms? That's the idea of that, right? Okay. Correct. Um, Correct. Mm -hmm. I do not use that only because somewhere along the line, I heard, and I don't know if it's true or not. Of course, because this isn't my specialty, but um, that if you you should post individual platforms and 
their algorithms differently than if you use one. I don't know if that's true, if you guys have different results based off of that. Yeah, that is something, again, referencing our previous show, Amy had dispelled that. So that is something that is very strong belief in people who know about social media platforms and and sending out those posts. That is something that I ascribe to as well. But there's been more recent research that has shown that is not the case. I don't know if it ever was the case, but it appears as though that is not currently accurate, which could change tomorrow because social media, right? Like that's just how it is. And, And they don't share their algorithms for very good reason at the least of so people can't take advantage of the algorithm but um apparently using these things um like the one i'm using buffer uh don't degrade the algorithm of the reach uh it'll get to as opposed to a a live post on facebook like i create it and hit send or post So, Drew, you you got ahead of me there. That's perfect. Talking about what these things are. Basically, you create your social media content. You file it into this uh, tool in your browser, and then it just files it out um, as you want it to. There are a couple different options for how you can tweak it, um, but I like to be in complete control of setting it each time that I put it in the system. So um, it can kind of auto-post it for you. I don't like it to do that. Um, I switched from Hootsuite to Buffer because the UI was super simple. And right now, that's all I want. I just want, it almost kind of reminds me of Mac UI going from a PC. Hootsuite was PC. Maybe there's more, more versatility there, but I really like the simplicity of Buffer. That's all I want right now because what I'm, I'm not going for behind the scenes algorithms. I'm not going for looking at, at trends um, on hashtags as much at the moment. All I want to see or all I want to do is create my post and queue it. <laughs> That's all. And Buffer is perfect for that for me right now. So I want to talk a little bit about how I started doing this more consistently because my problem is, and and has been since we opened, is I get super inspired and then uh, I create a bunch of posts and then I drop off the map and there's no media posts. And um, believe it or not, I'm not an extrovert. I really like my my introvert time and and not communicating. And so I can spend a lot of time in that hole of my my cave of, of not being external. So the inspiration doesn't come as regularly as, as you know, it, it's, it is necessary. And finding that inspiration, you know, what, why, why am I inspired about this all the time? It, it can be hard to find that spark. So <clears throat> there are a few things that I've been doing to break down, uh, to get inspired, to break down what my posts look like, to create consistency, and using Buffer to put it out um, continuously. And so that's, I want to just go over that stuff a little bit before we um, get the uh, float on guys on here. So one is deciding what am I trying to do? Like, what am I trying to sell with my branding? Am I trying to make floating look cool? You know, like so much of, (laughs) this is a bad example, I guess, but smoking ads is like, it's cool. Like you're the cool Joe camel or the, what is it? The um, Marlboro man. Um, It, Drew, did you want to add something to that? <laughs> no, no, that's it's totally true. And what's cool has changed. Yeah. Right. So the Marlboro Man used oh, to be yeah. cool, mm-hmm. and that's not cool anymore. So how, like, but cool is a factor in marketing, right? Yeah, mom jeans are cool again. 
if you can believe that, they are actually back in, which is absolutely insane to me. So you do, yeah, if you're trying to sell cool, you got to be on that cutting edge. Fortunately, I'm not trying to sell cool because <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, are you trying to educate the public? Well, that makes a lot of sense with floating. Like uh, so many people don't know what a float tank is, um, let alone the benefits of it, let alone you know how to put your earplugs in properly. Um, are you trying to show how comfortable your space is? Are you trying to sell the, the space itself and the feel that people should have when they, when they visit it? Um, those are just a few different kind of target ideas that can really help you focus your idea, narrow it down of what am I actually trying to do with my social media here, um, as opposed to just, uh, here's a picture of a float tank, great. Um, here's a, an employee, um, selfie time. Uh, here's me telling a story or talking about a sale or a contest. It really helps you stay focused on what you're trying to do. Um, this one I actually haven't committed to yet. I'm still playing with it, um, or at least the idea in my head. I haven't even put a filter on my Instagram yet, but actually using a filter. Ugh. As somebody who really loves photography, I hate this concept, <laughs> so you can see my reticence, but uh, this is going to create like this consistent branding with your image. When people visit your Instagram page or if they're scrolling through their feed, it creates this consistent feel of what things look like on your page. And so you're always going to choose that, that one and you, know, you flip it to that particular setting, 100%, 50%, whatever. Gloria, you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've really struggled with that particular um, you know, strategy. And I hear it often. And um, I'm pretty sure that I'm falling short in that regard, um, from the eyes of social media, you know, experts, but, um, you know, I believe in authenticity. Mm. And sometimes I don't feel that that is appropriate for what content I happen to be putting out that at that time. So I've, I've fought that a little bit. Um, and I, I've, just feel like there's a place and time for it, but I could, I could be completely wrong about this. I just feel like the content dictates the brand, not necessarily just the filter. Beautiful. That's great. And I'd rather see authenticity and genuine content versus this, you know, really photographic filter consistency. Beautiful. I, it just to me doesn't feel real. That's great. Yeah. Like, I mean, any good teacher is going to say, you know, here are the rules break them right like and and every rule is only going to be consistent so much of the time so i my hat's off to you like yes your passion should break through the lark filter or whatever whatever filter it is right <laughs> yeah um and by the way while you were talking brought up your instagram great instagram very consistent looking awesome so i'm not even sure where it feels like it's breaking perhaps because the authenticity is part of your brand gloria um so Cheers That's to you. what we try to go for, you know, but it's, um, you know, I've recently hired somebody onto my team and um, they're doing a great mm. job of, of doing this. It's been strange for me because I've done all of this myself for oh, three years. Wow, yeah. So giving this up has been a little bit of, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, but with three locations, you know, I do need mm. the help. And I've recognized that. Right. Yeah, I feel that we're still authentic and we're still um now we're, we're kind of going towards categories, right? Where we have a certain type of post on a Monday and a certain type of post on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're getting more consistent in that regard versus just puking stuff out there yeah, right. as, yeah. as I felt appropriate. But, um, yeah, I feel, I feel good about it and it is who we are. So cool. If you don't like it, just go somewhere else. 
Can, can you give an example of that? Like uh, you said categories on a Monday. Uh, is it similar to what Dylan was speaking of with um, you show a certain aspect or you show the employees or you show behind the scenes or you show someone floating? Is it that type? Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, sometimes we'll give tips like Tip Tuesday. Okay, so that's was okay. today, um, which, um, it, again, I'm not sure that we're going to stick to this all the time, but this is kind of what we're on right now. And then we have a day that we're going to focus just on partners. And then we have a day that we're focused more on the actual wellness side and maybe giving instructions. Um, so, yeah, those types of categories is what we've been kind of playing with over the last, I'd say, month. That's awesome. And do wow. you and Dylan, do both of you post every day? We do post every day. One post? I cannot bench as much as Gloria. I cannot <laughs> bench a social media post every single day just yet. And that, that is actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is I'm taking baby steps to growing my social media campaigning, if you will. Um, and I also want to answer your question that you asked Gloria as well, but I'll get to that in just a second. Um, I am posting twice a week at the moment, consistently twice a week at the moment. Um, okay. And everything's going into my buffer feed on a Wednesday. Every float related item is going in on Wednesdays. I've gone into Photoshop. You can do this in Canva. Um, I know a lot of us are, are fans of Canva. Uh, you can make kind of professional graphics with, with fonts and images, etc. Um, perfect for Instagram and, and Facebook posts. Um, uh, so those are the inspiring things about floating or the things, basically anything float related. They're using my float photography, which is great. Shout out to my Patreon, to Art of the Floats Patreon. Uh, if you want some high quality float imagery, uh, and then you can put your own business information on this. Um, so that's every single Wednesday. And then, um, and, and that's also our bread and butter, right? So I always want to be plugging the float. Every single week I want floats to be happening, but we do other things. And so Mondays are when it rotates. And so... Uh, there are things in the queue for massage. There are things in the queue for acupuncture. There are things in the queue for the kombucha that we store or the um, tea business that we have. And um, so those are the things that are going to be continually cycling through there. Um, eventually, I'll, I know she's doing it every single day. For me, the third day is going to be the big step. That'll be the more inspirational post, the, the third one. That queue will be filled up with more inspirational stuff, uh, more mindfulness, um, maybe quotes, uh, that will take up that field. Um, mind you, I can also put in, th like we just had a hiring post. Um, we wanted to reach out to the community. It's okay to, to put those things in and, and break it up. It doesn't just have to be every Monday or Wednesday or you know, what, whatever it is for you. Um, you. You can break those things up. But um, uh, going back a little bit to answer your question, um, yeah, lobby shots uh, that the things that make your place special, the feelings. Again, for the um, angle that you're trying to promote for that that time slot or just your overall, oh, I say time slot, for your, like, say, for me, the Wednesday slot or just for your overall vibe, um, you know, what are you trying to convey? And then promoting that. Um, I was speaking to a uh, social media guru. Um, it was actually really enlightening to me because I was um, – talking, I wanted to talk more about the back end stuff, about filters and funnels uh, on social media. And she actually really educated me a lot more on how important the front end is, uh, which was super awesome. One of the things she talked to me about was uh, she looked right at my Instagram and said, yeah, it's looking fine recently. Um, I wouldn't, she says, I would never put two p faces of people floating right next to each other. 
Um, and I, once I looked at it from that perspective, it was like, oh, yeah, if I go to these other companies that have really professional branding, you know, they've got a lobby shot, they've got an up-close face shot, they've got a logo, or a, um, the, the product shot. You know, it's, it's always alternating. And it, it doesn't cycle perfectly, but it's always being broken up. And it's rare that you're going to see two of, I guess I said kombucha earlier, it's going to be rare that you see two bottles of kombucha in two shots in a row from a company that is, you know, really doing a good job with their, with their branding. That's really woken me up, and it makes my job easier to have, like, okay, this isn't just looking for inspiration every single time. There's a little bit of math to it, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, having fewer options sometimes makes it easier to, to move forward with something, and, and that's really helped me out. So, um, again, I'm dropping things into Wednesdays and Mondays. Eventually, I'll be expanding that. Um, and I'm about two months out currently. And it's great because I can get inspired within that amount of time and come up with some notes of content I want to create. Um, and then only once a month do I actually need to spend a day creating the content and dropping things into Buffer. And, and I can at any time swap something out. I can switch things around. Um, I can add new content in there anytime that I come up with something if I, if I do have that inspiration. But now it's like... I have this, um, it's like a job, right? <laughs> like sometimes we, we can't just be the entrepreneur spinning a thousand plates all the time, but you need to give yourself five hours working on this. This is my job right now. And then you can do it. Um, so that is, um, what I've been doing to, to generate a better Instagram feed. And, but Drew, I know you have a question. I just want to add one more thing, which is yeah. buffer also allows me to take the same, um, content and spit it out to Facebook. Those are two different social media platforms, so I don't generally think it's a good idea to have the same text in both. But if you're just starting out, absolutely, by all means, although I wouldn't include hashtags in my Facebook one, and I would include hashtags in um, my Instagram post. But um, maybe longer posts on Facebook, shorter on Instagram is just like a, a quick little rule. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, it, it actually splits them up and makes it really easy to post those uh, as well. So I... I'm really excited to finally be delving into Instagram and coming up with a consistent brand and feel. True. And you said you do that once a month just so people have an idea. Is it actually about five hours that you spend setting up the next two months worth of posts? Uh, no, because it also involves photo shoots, right? Like I, I go in and I, I'm taking pictures and, you know, it's nice to go in when nobody's in there to do, um, things like I was talking about the kombucha again, uh, product shots, things like that, earrings, you know, just little things that we have around the shop. Um, but then I also want, uh, customer photos and I want those to look good. So that's a different day, but then you want to stock up on them. So, you know, there's a lot of a variance of how that works. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say it takes five hours for me, but I also don't want to tell anybody you should take five hours for them. You're going to find out how long it takes. And it is possible for those people who can't set aside five hours a day. It's between floats. You're running your business on your own and you just start filling out your buffer feed and you just start with one week ahead and then um, growing it from there. And you just do it when you can. Like that's completely acceptable. It's just about getting ahead of that curve. So it doesn't run out being consistent to your uh, I want to call them clients, but your followers. And I'm not even talking about Instagram live yet or your know, stories. <laughs> that's, that's, an, that's another episode. Um, so where I want to grow. So Drew, actually, as somebody who's, who doesn't, isn't using Buffer, what, what are your takeaways from this? Um, I think I want to learn more about Buffer. Do you have to actually pay for that or is it free? 
the base version is free, and that's what I'm using currently. Okay, so I'm actually going to be looking into Buffer, and nice. um, hopefully I'm, I'm going to take a little bit from both you and Gloria, and I'm going to talk to a couple of my employees to try to do that more consistently. And I'm a smaller float center. I only have two um, two float tanks at the moment, building a, a third. Um, so we're booked out, and it's a little it's a little easier to fill two tanks, right, mm-hmm. than four or six. Mm-hmm. So um, Part of my, and maybe Gloria, you have some feedback on this, part of my hesitance to posting continuously, I definitely have a lot of um, uh, you know, reservations the way you do, Dylan, but also I can keep posting, but I don't have floats for people to float in. So should I, do I keep posting? And I've been in this spot where I say to myself, hey, I, I'm booking out you know, quite a ways that Rich people's problems, right? Yeah. No, I I would say, I would say absolutely keep posting because you have to keep this very top of going to overfill your tanks from doing these posts, right? You're just building your brand and building the awareness and reminding people to book another float. Um, You know, the fact that they might not be able to get in for a couple of weeks is a great thing, right? Just keep them queuing up. But um, yeah, I think, uh, Buffer's a great tool. I've used that one before in the past as well. I think just getting your employees engaged is, is also cool. I mean, we can have a whole episode on the different channels and what we do, but I actually use Snapchat as well, which I know is a little bit strange and out there, um, but we're, we're not as consistent as we used to be. We have a, a filter that I've paid for, meaning pay for advertising around a certain geography. Um, but yeah, I think, Drew, the answer is go, go, go. Don't stop. Okay, shoot. I was going to say coast. Wait it out. Uh, yeah, no, I, I also <laughs> completely agree. Uh, Gloria, what do you like about your app? Um, I kind of square just gives you some really good um, analytics on the back end. Um, I like the way it breaks out the channels. You can do various different channels. I mean, Buffer's probably doing this, a similar thing. I can't even remember the reason I, I switched, but... Um, yeah, it, it's just worked well. I would put, I don't know if a challenge is, is the right word, but I would l- love everybody who is listening to this episode to download one of these apps, download multiples, see which one looks right for you. Yeah, Drew, don't just download Buffer, check, check a few yeah. out. Gloria, actually, I do want to ask, are you, you are, have a paid yes. version, I'm assuming? Yes, I do. You're talking about analytics, yeah. most likely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, check, check these out, see which one is best for you, and just start tossing things in your queue. Even if you don't have a day out of the week or the month that you're doing this, um, start thinking about, (laughs) don't start with your filter, but start thinking about what is my brand? What is my angle? Like, like I said, am I, am I cool? Am I trying to bring people in because there's a particular presence here that people gravitate towards? Um, and Drew, I would say you're in that category. Um, you're, you're my Gary V. You've got that magnetism about you. Um, there, that is part of it. Um, But uh, there's also, um, like I said, the education part that's super important. Um, There's just so many different angles that you can decide upon. And then the content just comes because that's your narrow razor blade of focus. Um, So I'd love people, our listeners, to take one of these apps and start filling up their queue and start designing their their social media brand and letting that consistently be out there. Um, uh, Oh, gosh, what is it? 
weightless floats, my gosh, they're live feed. We got to talk with them next and, and talk about how to how to keep a story consistently going here. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Weightless Sky, that's who I was thinking of. Thanks, guys. We're going to bring up Graham and Ashcon next in just a moment. Welcome, Ashcon and Graham, to the podcast. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us on. We miss our own podcast, so this is uh, <laughs> this is great on our side. It's nice scratching an itch. Oh, excellent. That makes me very happy. Maybe I can take a moment and actually publicly uh, call out your podcast editor. Uh, who is that? I would love to publicly talk about them and how awesome they were. Who mixed your your podcast? Oh yeah. Uh, it's a guy named Jordan Lamp. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, and he was a previous Float On employee. He's actually been um, taking off with his own uh, kind of digital music that he's been doing lately. Awesome. Biochronic, big shout out. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Jordan Lamp is is amazing. Yeah, he's a he's a treasure. He really is like a wizard. Like we would just tell him that we wanted to sound like robots, and he would turn our voices into all these crazy things. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's really unbelievable, and it was super fun to get to <laughs> use just like a portion of his talents. Awesome, I love that. <laughs> Great. Well, again, thanks thanks for joining us, and I'm glad we could scratch that itch. Uh, let's start talking about the Flow Conference. It is drastically changing, uh, at least changing hands. Can you talk about? I said it's drastically changing. Is it drastically changing? Is it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm on the outside and and I'm looking in. But do I just have to wait? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so there are there are a lot of things that are changing, and and I suspect there'll be a lot of stuff that feels um, kind of similar as well. You know, I, there are per, certain aspects of the conference that I think everyone enjoys, and and we don't want to totally just like lose the feel of everything, but. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's been. I guess I guess maybe I should do just like a thirty second total catch up for f- people have no idea what we're talking about here. <laughs> um, so we as Float On have been running the Float Conference for uh, since two thousand twelve, and have been doing it every year. And then last year decided that we wanted to pass the torch along and uh, converted the Float Conference into a nonprofit entity and put together a board of directors, uh, one of which is Gloria, who's here on the on the podcast with us. So that's super exciting. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and I basically spent the last, whatever it's been, you know, six months or so um, trying to transition it from something that we were just doing as a company into uh, kind of more of a industry enterprise that that's a much bigger kind of collaborative project yeah so I, so the biggest changes from that are definitely um one i mean probably the most significant thing is that it's actually moving around from city to city each year now so as opposed to us just putting it on in portland every year and making everyone fly over to us um <laughs> we uh we're actually gonna have it kind of tour to different cities and so this first year is going to be in Denver which would be really exciting and um, you know that that I think by itself naturally creates some changes uh, there's just certain things that are a lot easier to do if you're in the same city every year and some things that are a lot make a lot more sense if you're moving around so you know we'll be in a kind of like an actual more uh, traditional hotel venue this year and I suspect probably like going forward the conference will do that just because they're really set up to allow events to move from city to city without having to spend six months on the ground trying to find all sorts of weird little nooks and crannies of buildings to fit a float conference into. Um, so, you know, there'll be there'll definitely be some stylistic things like that, that that will be kind of different. And, you know, one of the things I think I'm most excited about that'll be different is just a lot more 
uh, input from other people. Yeah, I was gonna say the the iron grip of our controlling will will be yeah relaxed a little bit on this this next version. And, and I'm curious about that because the first thing that comes to mind when you say uh, leading by committee is that sometimes loses a lot of momentum when a whole committee is driving something. How is that working? Do people have specific roles of what they're in charge of? Does everybody take votes? Yeah, on? I mean. Other than Gloria, it's been absolutely great. I've got to be honest here. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, my God. So difficult. Troublemaker. <laughs> Troublemaker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it, know, it's I'm, definitely a challenge. Uh, I don't know, Gloria, maybe do you want to answer that? Like, how do you feel it's been, it's been going as a kind of committee effort? Well, I'm really glad Dylan asked the question because I was sitting here thinking, you know, there's going to be some changes, but I was thinking about you two. And thinking, you know, how difficult it must be to kind of acquiesce to the group. Um, I can speak on behalf of myself. You know, the calls that we have are biweekly, and uh, they're very, very organized. Um, nothing what you would expect from these guys, right? I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it was a joke. No, but you know, very, very thought through. I mean, just hats off to you. Um, Ashcon, I know you're running the call most of the time. Um, Graham, I know you're doing a lot of stuff in the background too, but mainly mustache grooming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's been a, a very unique, uh, experience kind of being on these calls and working in a collaborative way, but I'm definitely clearly the leadership is still coming from, um, Ashcon and his experience, but, um, he's just so gracious and open to get, uh, different ideas and feedback. So it's, it's been going really well from my perspective. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, maybe actually, Gloria, can I follow up with you on, on how, um, how do you see the differences of last year's conference to the, the new one uh, for what the, what we will see going to visit it? Well, like he said, I think we're trying to preserve a lot of the things that the people enjoy, but the venue change is, is a huge thing because when I think about the float conference, I think Portland, mm -hmm. I think float on, I think, you know, just that whole ethos that's been created, um, that, that goes away. I and mean, I'm curious to see what it's, what's going gonna to feel like in Denver. Um, but I have a feeling wherever we go, it's going to be a really educational, um, primary ed education and then fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been really, uh, interesting just to kind of see the, the different personalities come together and formulate opinions about what to do and it's going to be cool to see it in action. All right. And back to Graham and Ashcon, just in case, like you mentioned, maybe somebody doesn't know what the float conference is at all. Like how long is the float conference? What is the general format of the float conference? Yeah, I can tackle that one because it's very nonspecific to administrative <laughs> stuff. So let me get my voice in here. Yeah, I really, yeah, go for I really it. love go the sound it. of my own voice. <laughs> so the float conference has pretty much been running since the dawn of man as we know it. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in some right. form or another, we've all practiced float conference in our own lives. Um, <laughs> no, so. <laughs> oh, wait, what did we have? Only a four hour. Yeah, what did we say? Four hours for the podcast? Was that what we got? Sure. Um, no, so. Cut, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and that's interesting to ask that too. The, the basic format of the float conference is not really changing. Like the location is, some of the specifics are. But, you know, especially this first year as we're transitioning to having it run by a nonprofit, as many things as we can keep stable is really nice. So um, it's a weekend event for the, the primary event. There's a Friday welcome party. So Saturday, Sunday is the, uh, the main event. Uh, there's going to be a single track still, so just a, a stage full of 
really good speakers, you know, um, Justin Feinstein and lots of the science and um, personal stories still probably. Um, some cool surprises for you guys, which might even be surprises to us at this point. <laughs> and um, there's still going to be Friday activities on that Friday beforehand. Still going to be the, the Start a Center workshop before that for people just getting into the industry. Um, it's going to be hosted by Float Tank Solutions, um, so a little bit separated in that sense. And uh, Monday CPO course, same thing for people who want to get trained up on water sanitation, things yeah, like that. Different, different day now, but same CPO course. Yep. And I guess the Friday activities are worth like saying a little bit about, which I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit, Ashkan. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's, that's been a growing kind of one of my favorite parts of the event is this kind of day before the main Saturday, Sunday uh, presentations. We have people who are interested in who are coming to the conference, attendees and people in the float industry put on various workshops and activities and whatever they want, really, um, that are just kind of a part of your conference ticket for the most part and people can come out to. And those are always a, always a blast. So, yeah, definitely come out a day early for, for all that fun stuff. Yeah, everything from, like, didgeridoo workshops to, um, <laughs> no joke. what, like, yeah, yeah the, the Float Olympics, <laughs> where you're seeing how yeah. fast you can clean flooring and toss, like, neck pillows <laughs> on things. And we have, um, I mean, it's interesting, we've had conversations about doing things like changing the format and the structure of the event, and we have some ideas that I think are worth pursuing and really interesting, and we might see those in, like, the coming years uh, I think we kind of, as we chatted it through as a board, realized we didn't want to be uh, too crazy to our, <laughs> our own workload. Like something about changing everything all at once felt like not the greatest decision in the world. So I think this year we're really focusing on changing that administrative structure, changing you know the group of people who are really involved, trying moving to a different venue for the first time. And as we get that under our belt, we might come back and do things like uh, maybe even reach out to the industry to see what people think about. Um, like at some point we thought about maybe mixing the activities and the presentations together. So it'd be more like a three-day event where the first half of the day is presentations and then the second half is activities and it, it just breaks up the you know nine hours of listening to lectures that can happen and, and makes the whole event a little bit more dynamic. So you know we may see changes like that coming in the, in the, in the next few years when, when we kind of get our legs under us. Sure. Yeah, a lot of it is is determined by the unknowns of going into this and, and what's really going to happen with, with the nonprofit running it and, and not running it from this kind of dedicated organization that, that you know we know everyone and have control over. So like in a sense, we're trying to keep the game as simple as possible. It's sort of like start on easy mode and have as few moving pieces for this first one as we can. And then, you know, if this goes well, and especially if a lot of people come out and, and it's actually a success for from you know, ticketing and, and an industry standpoint, then we'll have more resources to kind of expand and, and do some cooler, more creative stuff in the future. As far as the participation and people who are um, buying tickets, is it kind of on target with last year or in the previous years as far as how many people have purchased tickets so far? Does it seem like it's being supported the same way? Yeah, for sure. You know, and it's kind of interesting. We're in this weird nebulous spot right now for um, the, uh, the the ticket sales where we've launched the pre-sale, right, which is awesome. Uh, but that that's kind of like the big sale of tickets that happens um, up until, 
I don't know, a few months beforehand, you know, we get a bunch of things kind of trickling in. Um, but, you know, and the pre-sales sold out really quick. What was it, like 12 minutes? Yeah, or? 12 minutes. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, that's that's really the first thing we do awesome. every year is launch this pre-sale. And our pre-sale this year was just as exciting and just as many people were into yeah. it as, as always. So Went super fast. Um, lots of posts on the Float Collective <laughs> of, like, sad gifts of people missing it, which was <laughs> unfortunate to read, but also kind of hilarious. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, that's the one data point we have. It's not like, like after that pre-sale hits... Um, you know, it kind of just, again, trickles in for a little bit. So so we'll see. But early indications are strong. If you want to make life easier on us, oh my God. buy your tickets ahead of time. Right. Like, if you want to do a favor to the industry. <laughs> it really is like, <laughs> if you know you're coming and you know you're going to get tickets, like buying them now instead of four months from now is is genuinely a huge help. It just really lets us like make way better Predictive predictions and understandings, and know how to order things and how to size stuff. So mm. we know you're not going to do it anyway. No, but you're it, not, it would but seriously help. Say, now yeah. everybody's going to do quite the opposite. <laughs> play a terrible prank on you and wait to the last minute. That Gloria, so difficult to work with. <laughs> so how does the staffing work? Because I see so many people uh, working and volunteers who are part of the Float On community. How is that going to work in a new location? Yeah, good question. Um, I, I, it's something that I would hope to have the answer to as well. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so there's certain things that we do have figured out. Um, two of the, the people who have been the most involved in organizing the conferences with us, uh, Jocelyn and, and Janine, are both on board to... Uh, they, they are now just employees of this float conference, not pro- non-profit, and no longer employees of of uh, our float conference. So they, they've been continuing on and have a lot of the expertise and are doing a lot of the actual like work. Um, so that part's really great. Like, you know, our, our kind of core operations team has, has uh, transferred over, which makes things a ton easier. Um, and then, you know, one of the, one of the things I'm really hoping for as a nonprofit is to be able to kind of utilize that volunteer, uh, the benefit of being able to have volunteers, um, you know, it's one of those things that I think is going to, the, the more people are willing to volunteer and kind of like donate some of their time and, and help out, the the kind of more affordably we can run this entire event and the more ticket prices can can kind of stay in a, in a certain range. So that's one of those things that is, is super helpful. And we haven't, um, so far it's been going good. We haven't been putting like a ton of calls for volunteers out yet because we've been doing a lot of, of just kind of building up the infrastructure and basic foundation of the whole thing. Um, and having volunteers takes work too, you know, you can't just like magically <laughs> like have a bunch of people willing to help and have no one guiding them yeah. or, or no structure for them and think that it's going to work. Um, yeah, we know, which we know from experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we've been spending a lot of time building that up and, and as the year goes on, we'll be making more calls for specific volunteer tasks that we'll need. Um, so that'll help us fill in some things. Uh, we actually do have a small project already going, which is pretty cool. We have um, a bunch of the old uh, tapes from the IRIS conferences, the old float research conferences from back in the day that Tom Fine gave us, just literally gave us cassette tapes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we went to visit his lab and he like, he's like, hey, I think I have something for you and comes out with like, a, I don't know, Trader Joe's bag full of these old IRIS cassette tapes and we're like, we're oh like my scattered, God, scattered around his office. what are you doing with these? Um, so... Uh, we got That's them digitized, so cool. and we put out a call for volunteers, and right now we have about five or six people helping us listen through them and break them up into the right chunks and write out descriptions, and so we'll be able to uh, release those as cool old archived recordings. 
Um, so yeah, like, you know, that's, that's a very like low risk sort of volunteer project, you know, like the conference isn't going to collapse if that doesn't get done. <laughs> so it was a nice place to, to start. But as we go on, we'll be reaching out for people to help us, help us uh, reach out to sponsors from outside the float industry, you know, see if we can just like have a farther reach and letting people know this event exists. Um, we've been working with Paul and Heather in, in Denver who runs Samana and we'll probably have, you know, a lot of their staff helping during the actual event be kind of feet on the ground. Uh, we'll need help with video stuff, you know, so all that, all that is definitely places that people can totally participate and, and is genuinely really helpful. I may be a little bit out of the loop on this. I'm not sure if you've announced it, but are there any speakers that you can announce on the podcast? Um, I don't know if we were like just at the beginning of kind of like getting confirmations okay. back from, uh, back from people. Um, I can tell you, I mean, Justin Feinstein and his crew are, are pretty regulars with the float conference mm-hmm. and, and I don't, uh, see anything indicating that that won't be the case again <laughs> this year. Yeah. Um, so that's always fun to have him and, and all those people out. Agreed, um, yeah. we just did talk to Stephen Johnson who, uh, is on board to actually be the MC that rather than a speaker. Question. Okay. <laughs> wow. Those are some big shoes. Mm. <laughs> I think it was the role he was really born oh, for. Like beautiful. it's, it's going to yeah. just make whatever I've done all these past years seem ah. like an embarrassment. Um, so sure. that's, uh, that's really exciting, but he is very fitting. That's wonderful. Cool. <laughs> that's great. Uh, um, and yeah, you know, we're, we're, that's just kind of like just where we're at right now is reaching out to some of those those regular speakers and oh. making sure their schedules work and stuff. Mm. Nice little teaser, too. Um, this isn't also totally confirmed, but um, there's a fellow who is um, uh, John Torn is his name. He's actually Rip Torn's son, which is kind of awesome. Um, but he wrote a one-man John Lilly play uh, that he performed a couple small performances of over the last year. Um, but he reached out, and I think that uh, that he might be coming out to the the float conference as well to uh, to perform that, which would be cool to see. Awesome! Yeah, yeah. How fun! It's so fun that people are reaching out to you guys, right? Like as opposed to always needing to reach out to find others. How cool! Yeah, and you know, honestly, that's one of the things that's been really cool about about this change and having a board and stuff like that is, you know, for all these years. Like it's mostly been us just deciding who speakers are, you know, like we try to be, make it representative and we try to not influence it too much with our like personal biases. Um, but at the end of the day, like we have thoughts and opinions and it's hard to totally ignore them. Uh, and so, so bringing on a board and having people like Gloria who, who suggested people that I didn't even know existed and just really being able to like widen Dilute the blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the things that's been like the most exciting to me personally is, is having just kind of such a bigger, uh, amount of brain power going into, into those, those decisions. Lovely. Uh, Denver, how did that come up? <laughs> Um, Denver is interesting. It, it actually, um, it came up partially out of convenience, uh, which was that we actually here in Portland had, um, some amount of difficulty securing a venue every year. Uh, like we got to a big enough size that there were really only like one, maybe two options in town, really just one, that Newmark theater that we had been in for a couple of years. And a small enough size that we couldn't book like the biggest 2,500 right. person thing. Yeah, it's actually a really like around like six, 700 people is actually a really awkward size for, especially Portland, for like here, where we are. Yeah. Well, especially um, when you're so, floating tanks into the uh, venue too. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of particular requirements. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it actually was so difficult last year that we had to start considering for our 2018 event, 
that we might have to go to a different city. And so we we were looking at Denver because it's about the same size as Portland. There's a cool float scene there. It's decently centrally located. It's a fun city. You know, it, it kind of like stuck out to us. We looked at a couple other places too. Um, but Janine and I actually traveled out there and did a bunch of legwork to potentially put on the 2018 float conference there. So we toured a bunch of venues and looked at all the hotels. And, you know, we spent almost a week like really digging into what it would take to put an event on there. And then we got really lucky and managed to get the get the space in Portland again. And we're like, phew, and just forgot about all that stuff that we did. Um, but the result was when we were wanted to move this to a new city, uh, you know, again, with, with helping this kind of transition be as smooth as possible, it made a lot of sense to um, take advantage of all that legwork we did already. So in years going forward, I imagine it'll be a slightly... Uh, more involved process to choose the city. I think we'll actually be taking applications from people and, and you know, having it be a little bit more of a thing. And the, for the first year, it was, uh, you know, somewhat more a matter of of pragmatism. Which we kind of did, though. We, we took some applications, or at least some people sent some in, you know, we looked at them, yeah, yeah. we read them. The people who the, naturally, we didn't really put out a call, but the people who just, like, <laughs> got in touch with us because they really wanted to pitch their city, we did discuss and talk about. Wow. Um, and we still landed on Denver uh, just because of a, a lot of those same reasons, you know, centrally located yeah. and good float scene. And um, Paul and Heather from Samana were, were down to be the kind of float liaisons, as we've been calling them, for the first year. Um, so the pieces were kind of all all fitting together there. And I, I have to do a small shout out to the best other pitch that didn't get accepted, yeah. which was James and Amy Harder over at Float Harder, which uh, they wanted to do also the Portland Float Conference. They're like, you don't even need to change your branding. You can keep all of the products the same. And I was like, man, that is about the best pitch. Yeah, but the problem is that, yeah, right, like a quarter of the conference, no matter how clearly you label it, will show up to the wrong Portland. You're right. Yeah, right. but it was a really good pitch. I just, yeah, so shout out to James and Amy over there. That was, you almost won us over with that one. <laughs> the savings alone, my goodness. <laughs> That's so great. You had previously said it takes upwards of a year, if not longer. So is there already discussion about next year's, the 2020 float conference? Is that already on the table as far as discussion? Or are you waiting to actually see how this one goes over see what you can improve on and whatnot, and then make a decision after that. Yeah, there's, uh, there's discussion in my head at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> I, I have been thinking about it. That it's, explains uh, why I haven't heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for my own personal mental accounting, I'm, I'm assuming somewhere uh, in probably like July, June or July, we'll be putting out a call for applications for the next city for 2020. Um, so that will be actually, you know, more than a year in advance as we start to figure that out. This first year, because so many things are different and, and that kind of uh, affects how many people may be coming out to the event, you know, there's a lot more question marks than we're used to having. There may be some benefit to us before we, like, book a venue and really, like, commit to stuff to let this first year's conference happen so we have some some better data. So, yeah, this 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 first year might be this weird kind of hybrid where we are trying to set ourselves up as much ahead of time as possible, but holding off to get some real, real world data first. Uh, and then going forward after that, yeah, I imagine we'll be much more well-equipped to be booking venues and, and stuff like that uh, more than a year in advance. Okay. And a follow-up to that is, are both the two of you, as well as the current board of directors, is the plan for the future after this conference for everyone to stay on board? Or is it 
going to change? Is there going to be continuity there so that the people who are going through this experience will be able to learn from that and, you know, make this happen in future years? Or like, what's the vision of that board? Are you guys planning on fully stepping away someday? Is that the, the plan? What's that look like? Yeah, that's a that's also a good question. Where I feel most of the discussion has been happening in my head, and I'm not out loud anywhere. <laughs> but uh, there's been some out loud discussion of that. Yeah, we, you know, for some of the real specifics about how long people are on the board and how we're changing those people out, and if there's like a voting process, we pushed a little of that back. You know, when we started this thing, we were there was such a like immediate need to get like the city figured out and our dates figured out so we could book venues that we kind of like punted that down the line a little bit when we had a little bit more breathing room. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's kind of one of those things that as a board, we haven't fully fleshed out yet. I, I imagine there will be some continuity. I think it's a little crazy to totally switch uh, everybody involved from year to year. <laughs> there will be one spot open next year. Um, no, I, I'm hoping people will want to stay on the board. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll have to figure it out. I, I kind of duped everyone into being on the board as a low commitment thing. So, you know, maybe uh, they don't exactly know yet that I'm expecting it to maybe go on a couple years. <laughs> Surprise! Um, we're hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's definitely like stuff that we don't have all of the total details completely ironed out yet. Um, but is is on our to-do list to, to figure out. And then for our own involvement, you know, I mean, right now there's a lot of involvement because we're, like, it's all in our heads and we have to do a lot of knowledge transfer. And, and like, half of switching over to being a nonprofit is actually just on the float on side. Like, there's a lot yeah. of work not even, you know, were we not to be involved in the float conference going forward, we'd still just be so involved right now as a result of all the asset transfer and mm. even things like getting all of the passwords and user logins for, oh. for the float <laughs> conference all like transferred over is like incredibly time consuming. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, it's been basically the last six months of my life. I've, I've still almost been working full time on this just because it's like been such a project to set up a nonprofit and like fill out like the tax exemption forms and get a higher CPA and do do like literally like go through our office and be like, this is the float conferences and this is ours. And this is, you know, like all that has been has been no small amount of work. Yeah. You you measure those forms and how many inches of vertical space they take up. So, (laughs) yeah, they're not small. Well, just Um, the technology infrastructure that you have to have to have these documents running between the different board members. I mean, that was a whole structure that you had to kind of take apart from the website and start out with new domain names and all of that, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. yep. All that sort of stuff. Switch so, the hosting of the website. Which is a total Everything PDF. has been like yeah. separated. Oh my God, yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> to, not to give anyone nightmares out there. Yeah. But, um, and, and also to say that, you know, right now we're super involved as a, as a result of all of that. But, I, you know, going forward especially, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely be involved for, um, you know, the, this year, obviously, like until, until it goes on the next year. But hopefully, I mean, in my mind, and we haven't talked about this too much, in my mind, hopefully we even find a different um, chair for the board and kind of start this transition to it being run more by the industry. Like there is a certain amount to which it, it will feel this, this year a little bit uh, similar to last year just because of our, our involvement and... I don't know. Yeah, like uh, I, I don't really picture us ever not being involved in like some capacity for the near future. But um, yeah, again, I, I I really think it'll be measured by how much people step up over this next year. And and in my mind, yeah, hopefully a lot of the board. I mean, I also would uh, for that one. I I think that we like this idea of a cycle 
of board members that kind of change, you know, so we don't have like a legacy board necessarily that's there for all 10 years, but yeah, like maybe people stay on for two, three years and that's kind of on a rotating cycle. So you always have new people coming in, uh, new people going out. That was kind of like the, the dream at least when we, yeah. when we set all of this up. So hopefully some version of that gets, gets accomplished going forward. And I'd certainly like for us to eventually just become a board member or not board members for a couple of years and just loosely involved or, you know, I definitely want to, I don't want it to kind of still be so much of of the, us really like the float on show. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's one of the things that I think is really cool about this is having it transform and, and have a lot of other input from other people. And I feel like in order to do that, we shouldn't just be like secretly, you know, still like making all these decisions behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. Also a part of the decision to go to Denver too, like uh, kind of having that distance and not doing it um, in Portland or something like that is, is sort of this separation of, of branding. So yeah, things like that, you know, the, the more that it really does feel like this transfer over to the industry and like, it's not our event. Like that's kind of the goal behind, behind a lot of it. Ashcon, please. Oh, I, so I was just saying, yeah, I mean, I, my goal for in the future is to have people who are interested and who, who want to seriously be a part of it, even take on responsibilities as large as that, as being kind of like the, I don't know, like quote unquote director of, of the conference, making a ton of small decisions or I'm like I'm like the uh, like president of the board right now, and I'm I'm hoping even if by next year if it feels okay, like I won't have that title anymore. Um, so so yeah, there's definitely room in the future for people to not just be involved in a small amount, but to really step up and and have a huge involvement if they're uh, if they're into it. And if somebody is interested in participating, because I remember initially I think there was an email blast that went out to probably uh, float conference goers to say, hey, do you guys want to participate? Respond back to us. Is there an open-ended way for people to sign up or will there be another email blast in the future? Yeah, thank you, Dylan. I, I should mention things about how actionable steps for people to take to uh, info. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if you, if you go to the homepage of the Float Conference website, just floatconference.com, um, we basically have two mailing lists, and you'll see them on there if you scroll down. There'll be two different spots you can put your email into. One is just our general mailing list. You'll get updates when speakers are announced, et cetera, you know, just kind of keep in touch. And the other one is a mailing list um, for kind of the back end of the float conference. And that's the mailing list that we use when we put out calls for volunteer positions that we want to fill or when we have information just about more of the kind of structure of the nonprofit that we want to get out there. So if, if you want to be involved, that's the main platform that we're, that we're using. And we'll also be making you know, posts on our social media, Facebook page and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that mailing list is, is definitely a great place to sign up if you, if you want pretty much any level of involvement or just to kind of know what's going on on the back end. So cool. I, and I really enjoy the transparency, uh, how public facing everything has been is really exciting, really cool. And so appreciated. Thank you guys for making a priority of that. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, I and mean, I know it's not that, easy to, to do that. that yeah, it takes, it takes more work, but uh, it's also for us too. You know, we want people to have that transparency so they can give us feedback. Mm. You know, like there's no way for people to be like, hey, I wish this part of the conference was different. If you have zero idea how these decisions are being made right. or, you know, it, it can help to see how we're deciding to do certain things and realize that maybe there were budgeting decisions or yeah. something when, when people want to be involved and, and tell us how they think it could improve. Yeah, I've definitely had those moments of I, I think it should be this way or had thoughts about it being a particular way and look through some meeting notes and some information and gone, oh, no, 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 that's a bad idea. Got it. I see why they went, <laughs> why they went this direction. That makes sense. 
Um, so I will have my application for the next float conference to be uh, in my hometown, but <laughs> <laughs> that will also be a, there'll be a call to action on probably the back end, social media and all that, maybe July or even after the float conference is what you're saying. So yeah. So to be determined, goes. but yeah, we'll, we'll blast that one out kind cool. of as, as loud as we can when we yeah, do it. Yeah. You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> oh, oh, you'll know. All right. <laughs> Dylan, if I could just yeah. jump in real quick, I'd of like course. to say that I think something we, as well, at least float center owners can relate to is you try to set up a, a, your float center in a way that people come in and they don't see the behind the scenes work. And there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to provide somebody a good float where they don't have to worry about anything and they can just come in and float and have a relaxing time. And after spe- you know, hearing Graham and Ashcon tonight, I kind of related to that, that there's so much behind the scenes that people don't know about. So I definitely want to say kudos to you gentlemen. And I think it's great that there are other people getting involved so they can see and hopefully tell other people about all the behind the scenes work that goes on because this isn't easy. And it's great when you can just show up in Portland and party for three days and see all the speakers <laughs> and right. That's easy, but you don't know about what the, what went on for the months leading up to that entire event. And just thank you guys for doing that. And I think it's great that other people are getting involved because it is difficult behind the scenes when you're, you're working so hard to make something go so smoothly and look perfect and you're, you're into what you're doing. So I just think that that's important for people to kind of keep in mind if they do have suggestions or if things are different, keep that open mind that, yeah, they are different. And there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to try to make this happen. So kudos to you guys for doing everything. And um, I know it's not easy. So hopefully other people understand that as well. Yeah, thank you. And and I definitely want to like extend those kudos to everyone else who's involved too because people have been awesome already. I almost I almost said no to coming on this podcast just cuz I didn't want to like imply that we were still the only people doing any work on on the float conference and was maybe going to suggest having uh, having someone else from the board be on here because they it really has been great. The people involved and who have been on the board have been amazing. They've they've all been really active about being on these calls as frequently as I demand them um, and uh, and really contributing and, and being very thoughtful in, in in their contributions. And obviously the people on the operations side and we've been pulling other people in from the industry to help with the website. And if you go to the About Us page on our on our conference, that's where we're going to just kind of list everyone who is involved and volunteers as they help out in the future. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to uh, extend that thanks that you're giving to to again, really everyone who's been involved because so far people have really been putting a lot of love into it already, and and it's been great. Awesome! That's so awesome! So awesome! Well, I think maybe next time we will do that. I think this was an important episode. Thank you for, for deciding to join and, and kind of pass that torch a little bit, seeing us on the other side of the next float conference here as it's being built. So I really appreciate you being here. Graham Ashcon, thank you for joining us on the pod tonight. It means a lot to me. Yeah. And I completely agree with Drew. Very insightful for how much is going on behind the scenes. Um, we, we understand it's an amazing, beautiful conference, but yeah, that it, it does impress upon us how much truly goes into it. So thank you so much for what you do and the amount of work it goes into to handing it over. My goodness. 
<laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having us on here, too. You know, ultimately, yep. yeah, although we would want maybe someone else to do it, we also just missed being in the saddle. So, <laughs> Floatconference.com is where you want to go to learn more about the upcoming Float Conference, uh, signing up for the newsletter at the Behind the Scenes newsletter, newsletter, and, of course, for getting tickets. ASAP, the day this episode airs is when you buy tickets. Now you understand why it's important. Thank you guys so much. Have a great evening. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much to Kim for taking the show notes, of course. And she's joining us live on the show now, which is so exciting. Thanks to producer Brian as well. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.